talking about? You heard him. You never give me a fair shake. HBO needs to fire you. You don't know shit about boxing. You ain't shit. You're not shit. I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd care. kick your ass. You won't do shit. You won't do nothing. How are you doing folks and welcome back to another episode of the combat show with me Darren Morgan. So in today's episode it's basically going to be detailing intelligence. So I think today you know I have been brought up in the kind of line of things that you go to primary school, you go to secondary school, you go to college. If your intelligence is doing well at school, being able to read, write, do math, sums etc to a high level and you know that was always my view of intelligence because I was brought up with that um, it's only now that I've started to realize and from experience and from a, a bit a, sometimes even hard take you know because I was in that line of things and I was trying to apply for jobs and computers were telling me that I was basically simple really in that in in them terms you know a basic level jobs um like psychometric testing and stuff like that just failing all of them and I was just like Jesus I like am I not intelligent or whatever but now I realize from you know surrounding myself with other people with such distinct skills and um their own talents I think intelligence is comes across loads of different ways emotional intel- intelligence physical intelligence Obviously, intellectual intelligence is the one that we touched on, but it's very focused in Ireland on that intellectual intelligence, you know. Um, Are you proficient at doing things like assignments, you know, referencing, all this stuff? Yet, other things like working with your hands, woodworking, all these beautiful arts, craft, cooking, etc. are kind of seen as not intelligence, but just something that has to be done but I think someone who can construct an amazing table uh, something that folds out from a piece of wood a a tree basically that's intelligence that's intelligence in itself and that's when I realized that okay maybe you're not overly intellectually intelligent but you have strengths in other areas. For example, myself, it's intelligence is being able to manage yourself over a 100k run without stopping, without your mind telling you, no, give up, because there's plenty of times when it did. That's intelligence to me, to be able to train at twice twice a day at a high level and still keep going, get no injuries. Um, that's intelligence. That's management. So, you know, there's loads of different views of intelligence and I think we're kind of brought up in a way to say, oh, this fellow did really well in his leaving cert. Oh, Jesus, he's mad intelligent. And you hear your parents and other people say, Jesus, he's very intelligent, isn't he? But you never hear that about someone that may be very intelligent on a football pitch or maybe other ways of intelligence. I think sometimes we're pigeonholed into just this one area. Okay, this is intelligence. If you're intelligent, you'll do well. If not, here, get another job. See, and and the prime example I give is Dara Carroll. 
he's one of the most intelligent people that I met. He can arrange a tarp. He can ride a horse. He can sail a boat from Norway. He can um, put on serious, serious food over just a wood-burning fire. Like a Michelin-star quality food. But ask him to sit down in front of a laptop, a computer. Ask him to do a presentation maybe. Uh, you know, he might crumble under that. But that's okay. Because his strengths lie in other areas. And everyone is the same. Um, I think it's we're so such pigeonholed into this thinking and this mindset that intelligence is this. And if you're not, you're not intelligent. A carpenter, a apprentice, etc., they are so intelligent in their own way. Uh, for example, even Germany, what they do is, you know, it's not like our system. It's not like 80% of them actually go off to college. It's a healthy split. It's nearly a 60-40 split, actually. 60 of them do, you know, apprenticeships, um, working on cars, mechanics, etc., producing something. And then the other 40 50% do the usual, you know, soft skills. So soft skills and hard skills, they're both needed in economies. But I don't know. I think it, it definitely in Ireland anyway, we've negated the, the basically the skill and the beauty of producing something, you know. Even myself, I just setting up a small little coffee cart and I made it from scratch out of a pallet. And it was brilliant just branding it up and just finishing it off. It's a real sense of accomplishment accomplishment and the same with cooking as well I love cooking because you have a creative idea and then you say okay I have my ingredients and then you produce something and you actually eat that production that goes into you that fuels you that's one of the best things that I've learned so far and it's made me respect food ingredients mother nature where the ingredients came from so much um, and I got that appreciation from Glenn Murray Dara Carroll two brilliant chefs who kind of guided me and showed me the importance of nature and a chef will never be as good as mother nature, as the produce. You're only as good as your ingredients. You know, you can do whatever you want with it, but if your ingredients aren't ba- good, if they're bad quality, then you you can put all the spices, all the salt, everything into it. It's not going to be as good as fresh produce from the ground, from around the area, you know, um, I'm not saying boy organic and all this, but it's just trying to see what's in season, etc. You know, just from a, a cooking point of view. Um, but moving on, kind of into the, the the other dark realms because um I did well I attempted an Olympic distance triathlon um this Saturday. So yesterday I'm recording this on a Sunday. So basically, I wanted to do a 1.6k swim, a 40k cycle and a 10k run. And the day I got in, I don't know if you've been out in the weather over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, just mental, you know, just absolutely barbaric. The wind just crashing off you and everything going against me. And I said, ah, sure, I cycle out to sea point, cycle out to sea point, see how the waves, the water is. Couldn't put anyone out on it. You wouldn't go out on it. Look, I swim in fairly hard conditions, but I know there's a fine line between, you know, challenging yourself and idiocracy, you know. Um, I don't even know if that's a word, but look, there's a fine line between challenging yourself and being an idiot, you know. You need to respect Mother Nature at times. 
and that was fine with me. I just got up on my bike and cycled, tried to cycle anyway to Scary's. What usually would take me an hour and a half, maybe, took me three hours. Uh, I had to stop halfway because I thought I had frostbite on my hands. Um, just the wind chill was like about minus three degrees. So the wet hit my hands and then I was blowing into my hands. I was like, so I'll paint a bit of a picture to you. I was in a bush shelter, basically taking a bit of refuge from the wind and the rain. And this was by Dublin airport. Um, and I had um, a kind of food with me, but my, my actual gloves, I didn't put them on. They were at the very bottom of my pannier. So it's basically like two bags at the side of my bike. So it was kind of rooting through and my hands literally went from, you know, being froze, they were numb, to they started getting life back into them and they were so sore, just stinging. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't even pick things up, I was dropping things. Um, I couldn't root down into my bag. Um, it was just mad and it was one of these moments, I was nearly on the edge of tears, I mean, the, the way my hands were feeling, I was like, fuck, I'm, gonna, I'm getting frostbite here, you know, I'm going to have to <laughs> cut off my fingers or something, just intrusive, mad thoughts, you know, um, but eventually I got the gloves, kind of cleaned myself up a little bit, and then I just said, look, just sit down for a minute, take it in, uh, <laughs> embrace the kind of bit of pain, had two slices of brown bread, a little snack, a bit of a banana, and I said, look, we're 20k there, we're halfway there, we're not stopping now, and I got up on the bike, I put socks on my hands, over the gloves, plastic bags over the gloves, plastic bags on my feet, looked like an absolute nut job, but there was no way that day that I wasn't getting that 40k cycling, there was no way I wasn't going to scaries, it's non-negotiables, I set myself a non-negotiable, I set myself a goal, that was one of the goals, look, I don't, the, the difference between the swimming goal is, oh yeah, if I really wanted to go for a swim, and then nature decided that, like sometimes you have to listen to that you can re, re like realistically die in the sea you have to really really respect the sea but when I'm out on the bike a bit of wind in my face obviously it was more than a bit of wind but still there was nothing stopping me from going to scaries and that was just um my mindset and I said look this is winter conditioning this is conditioning my body my mind if I get through this it's a mental victory over myself because every minute of that cycle I was saying oh we just give up you know just go back I wasn't feeling the most energetic anyway in for that uh, triathlon but I set myself a date and I said I'm gonna do it so anyway cycled all the way to Scary's rain constantly soaked to the bone got to scaries I thought someone was <laughs> going to be there a support car uh, for me but unfortunately a bit of miscommunication they thought it was half two so I arrived at two so I was like geez I'm not hanging around for an hour so basically I was like I'm going to do the run part of this and just get changed straight away Um, there was no real place of refuge I was in the middle of this town scaries town I don't know if anyone knows it's a small little town but there's cafes all around and people were walking around I was like I can't get my kit off here so I had to go at the back of this church and find a little place of refuge, literally strip fully off <laughs> into all my running stuff. Um, a bike park beside me, I was like, oh, Jesus, what do I do with the bike now? Because I'm going to have to run 10k. So I just locked it to the gates beside the church um, just hoping for the best, really. Hopefully no one steals my stuff. Um, got everything on and I was like, right, time to smash a 10k. <laughs> so I basically did 
four laps of scaries, uh, which was equivalent to like 10.5 or 10.6k. Um, did that at a great pace, 4.24 pace. But <laughs> while I was doing that, I was actually quite in a dark place really and I was kind of drawn from say negative energy you could say um you know p- things didn't go my way but then I as I was getting into it I was saying like this dark energy this negative energy um you know anger things like that it's actually a non-renewable resource yes it'll get you so far yes it'll get me say three four k at a great time but there's going to be a time that it's going to stop because your this negative energy, it doesn't have, it's not a non a, a renewable f- fuel source. It's a non-renewable fuel source. So I kind of tapped into positivity. I was like, look at this amazing sea, the wind, the rain, the elements, and the next time I do this triathlon, I will be winter hardened, <laughs> hardy man. And the next time, it's just going to be so easy. So I just said, Jesus, this is brilliant, and that really just drove me on, it kept me going and then I did it in an amazing time and it was it was really profound that drawn from negative energy and then drawn from positive the the absolute difference and it's very hard because sometimes negative things happen to us and I've drawn from but it'll only stand to me for a certain amount of time you know breakups etc happened to me and um you know, you it, it make you train really hard, but then you're not actually addressing the issue or you're not actually drawing from positives. Um, and then it just kind of wears you out and your energy's gone. <laughs> Similar to a car, you know, you put loads of fuel in it because, uh, or fuel the fire, you know, but it's going to go out at some stage. Um, but if you use that renewable energy, which is positivity, which is nature, which is basically keep going, uh, it's really profound and really um powerful you know so i would if you're ever doing a long distance thing it's basically uh positive energy will get you through that you'll get you'll go into dark places and don't um don't get me wrong but it's the positivity and basically it's the difference and it's the juxtaposition between the bad times so say me on that bike thinking my hands were going to fall off too finishing that last lap of the 5k getting a coffee afterwards getting a little tree just saying look what i accomplished when my mind told me that i couldn't do this that my mind told me here get back in bed sure there's no one there's no one even knows you're doing this you didn't put it out on social media you didn't do anything but it's not about that it's about setting yourself precedence okay i want to do this and i'm doing it regardless i'm getting a mental win over myself everything's telling me to give up but i done it and that that really makes a difference i'm telling you anything else you do in your life you say look look back to that time cycling down the road oh it wasn't as hard as that time and my fingers were nearly falling off um you know it wasn't hard as that time where i cycled across ireland etc you know um it's so profound and i think today we were actually looking at a thing on the tommy tiernan show yesterday and um I think we are quite protected uh, and I would have been in that line as well if it wasn't for the journey I did this summer and getting back to basics really with survival um, you know learn cooking outside sleeping outside etc you know in the past what they used to do was take would-be soldiers or whatever and basically fill them with a load of magic mushrooms and whoever came out of that experience okay 
basically uh, was fit to be a soldier. Now, I'm not saying fill yourself with a load of magic mushrooms. What I'm saying is put yourself in a bit of discomfort um, at times. At least once a month, you know, um, put yourself in this discomfort because it will actually show you who you are and what you're made of. Are you able to overcome this discomfort or are you not? And look, to be honest with you, I've never been, I've not always been able to overcome this comfort, smash this comfort. You know, I've, I tried before, I remember I tried to run out to, I think it was Sandy Cove. So basically run half marathon, swim and then run back. Um, and I gave up. I So I ran, swam and then on the way back, I just gave up. Um, and I called someone, I was like, I need a lift. And that was like something that was profound in me. It was just a failure. I hated it. I was like, how could I let my mind kind of get over me? But then kept working towards it and then did it again and smashed it. And it was like a walk in the park. But that's progression to me. That's putting yourself in discomfort. Say, okay, I failed here, but I have tempted it. And the next time I'm not going to fail, you know. So the next time I absolutely smashed that race and I felt great because... I bet my old self, myself from three months previous, that was less mentally strong, that was more prone to say half, you know, fuck this, I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat a load of shit and I'm, I'm going to watch something, you know. I said, no, non-negotiable, this time I'm doing it. And I don't care, my legs are falling off, I'm doing it. You know, there, there there's obviously a, a, a fine line there, but sometimes, yeah, you just have to go for it. Um, and I think it's a very powerful thing when you do that. But going back to seeking discomfort, I seek discomfort every day because when you put yourself through that discomfort and then go back to your comforts, it's very powerful and very, very profound. So I'll give the example, me and one of my good friends, Glenn Murray. So we went up the Dublin mountains, slept out, <laughs> basically no tents, nothing under... Uh, trees pine cones all over us uh, and then cooking in the morning but it was really getting back to basics look this is over the summer now so you could do that but really getting back to basics looking at the sunrise just an amazing just adventure but then the next day I appreciated so much just a shower my bed the you know a, a hot meal and that's really what it's all about it's taking yourself out of discomfort of comfort, putting yourself into this comfort, then back into comfort, and you'll appreciate comfort so much more, we don't have gratitude, because we're in this comfort, we're in this bubble so much, if you took a person from Africa, and put them in your position right now, they would be so thankful, but because you're conditioned to it, because you are only used to this, and look, I'm the same, I've been here myself, but I've taken myself out of that, I've put myself in this comfort, I put myself in situations like, hands about to fall off but like cycling through probably the worst storm I've ever cycled through three and a half hours of pure torture then followed off by a lovely run you know and that's discomfort that's seeking discomfort but then when you come back you come and you go out and you visit your family your girlfriend etc that makes all the difference and you just appreciate things so much and and that's why I seek discomfort. That's why I do the things I do. That's why I choose adventure, you know. And that's one thing I would recommend to anyone. Yes, there's health, there's fitness, there's going to the gym, etc. But once in a while, you have to put yourself 
through a bit of discomfort, I think, to really appreciate what you have. You know, go camping with your mates for three days out in the wilderness, see how you get on. Do you know, do something to challenge yourself and drawn it back to nature all the time. We were only discussing there today the absolute beauty and power of nature, walking through a forest, swimming in the sea, digging a hole, just doing something out in nature is so profound because you then appreciate the birds, the bees, the flora, the fauna, the rivers, the mountains, the oceans, etc. And then a lot of things become insignificant there. And I think nature really does speak to us as a species. We've been here on earth for years and years and years and our ancestors had a deep deep connection to the skies to the land they worked off the land and that connection is still with us but we've lost the true obviously everything that we've done looking in computer screens etc but we still have that and that's that thing when we're out in nature for a few days we disconnect from everything we look up at the stars we imagine that's our basic human instincts coming out in us you know and it's something that we should tap into i'm not saying be a fucking hunter gatherer you know i'm saying connect with nature every so often because it's beautiful and it speaks to you it really does um and it's one thing that gets me through uh, a lot of hard events a lot of hard times it's just looking at nature going for a walk just something really simple you know um so that that was basically a kind of flip-flop of intelligence and um, that triathlon that I did uh, over the weekend. So I really hope you enjoy it um, and stay tuned next week for a great podcast.